Welcome to Bradley's Micro Board Review, where we try to make your board's review for microbiology a little less painful. But, I mean, we're not magicians or anything. This still sucks. Today is May 13th, and we'll be talking about some weird organisms that are often confused with fungal organisms because they look so much like hyphal structures. These are the gram-positive branching filamentous bacteria. Actinomycosis is a rare infection that will typically present as a chronic, slow-growing abscess that usually form along the lower jaw. This is called cervicofacial actinomycosis, or lumpy jaw. This is a chronic, slowly progressing formation of granulomas that are non-painful. Most of these patients don't present at the clinic with any complaints until drainage is seen. It likes to form sinus tracts and drain a really purulent yellowish pus. You can also sometimes find the formation of yellow sulfur granules in the drainage, but more often inside the abscess. Taking a biopsy of the abscess will, will reveal a gram-positive branching filamentous bacterial organism that is catalase positive. This is the most associated with the species Actinomyces Israelii, but this assumption is based on limited data. Transmission is assumed to be an endogenous spread from the normal floral of the mucosa and invades into the surrounding tissues after trauma, injury, or surgery. There are some cases of actinomyces species causing brain abscess, urosepsis, and pneumonia. There are also a few cases of uterine actinomycosis associated with intrauterine device, or IUD use, but these are also very, very rare. Those who are more susceptible to this infection include men, people with poor dental hygiene, IUD use, and people with chronic granulomatous disease. Notice that this organism is catalase positive, which makes sense. I love when that happens. Treatment often requires surgical drainage of the abscess and sinus tracts and the use of penicillin. However, relapse of the abscess is common. Pulmonary nocardosis is the primary manifestation of an infection with nocardia species. There are tons of species for this genre, and which one you have is based on geography. These organisms are found everywhere in the soil and are typically inhaled and infect the lungs, causing nodular consolidations and pleural effusions. Nocardia species are catalase positive, so they can cause problems for people with chronic granulomatous disease. They also contain mycolic acid, so this organism will weirdly stain gram-positive and acid-fast positive. The organism is typically described as a beaded bacilli since it looks a lot like a necklace of beads. It is also a filamentous branching bacilli. These organisms will most often cause pulmonary nocardosis and cause a dry persistent cough, fever, unintended weight loss, and dyspnea. It could cause pleural effusions, multifocal consolidations, or cavitary lesions. Therefore, this often mimics tuberculosis, but patients will have a negative tuberculin skin test. They rarely cause brain abscess, cellulitis, or the formation of a mycetoma, which is a deep subcutaneous swollen nodule that may drain pus. Now let's take all that knowledge and bring it to the boards.
A 58-year-old male presents to the hospital with a one-month history of fever, productive cough, and dyspnea. Vital signs reveal a blood pressure of 146 over 97, a heart rate of 120, a respiratory rate of 31, and a temperature of 102.7. Past medical history reveals a recent diagnosis of pneumonia, which was treated with latamoxif, oflaxacin, vancomycin, and voriconazole. He has a chronic infection of hepatitis B virus and has a 10-pack years history of smoking cigarettes. Physical examination reveals diminished breath sounds, but no rails on auscultation. Laboratory testing reveals a negative purified protein derivative test. Chest computed tomography reveals the presence of nodules and bilateral effusions. A sputum culture was positive for the presence of a monomicrobial isolate that was gram-positive beaded bacilli that was also weakly stains with Zeal-Nielsen stain. No growth was seen on Severon auger. What is the most appropriate treatment? Is it A. Penicillin, B. TMP-SMX, C. Vancomycin, or D. Fluconazole? First, diagnose the patient. The patient is presenting with a possible recurrent episode of pneumonia. The patient is immunocompromised with a chronic viral infection and smoking history. Chest CT reveals nodules and effusions in the lung which confirm the diagnosis of pneumonia. The sputum sample reveals a positive, uh, a gram-positive acid-fast beaded filamentous bacilli. The only gram-positive bacilli which also contains mycolic acid is nocardia species. Therefore, this patient has pulmonary nocardosis. Choice A, penicillins are not typically used for nocardia species infections. Choice B, TMP-SMX is the drug of choice for all nocardia species infections. However, some strains are showing resistance. Linezolid seems to be effective against all strains, but should be reserved until antibiotic failure. Choice C, vancomycin would work, but is too big of a gun to be used against this infection, as less powerful antibiotics will still do the trick. Choice D, fluconazole is used against fungal infections. You might pick this drug if you misdiagnose this infection as a fungal hyphae infection. However, nocardia species are a bacterial species, even though they are branching filamentous organism. Therefore, the correct answer is B, TMP-SMX. A 39-year-old male presents to the clinic with a three-month history of a firm mass in the right cervical region, which has now increased rapidly in size over the past week. He reports that one month prior to pre presentation, the mass was discharging pus, which closed on its own. Vital signs were normal. Past medical history reveals a 20-pack year history of smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol once per month. Physical examination reveals the mass is erythematous, warm to the touch. Surgical excision was performed and histology revealed a granulomatous reaction, filamentous microorganisms, and sulfur granules. His purified protein derivative test was negative. What is the most likely causative agent? Is it A. Actinomyces israelii, B. Nocardia astroides, C. Mycobacterium tuberculosis, or D. Canada albicans.
First, diagnose the patient. This patient is presenting with a long-term neck growth that has recently increased in size. A warm erythematous mass suggests an infectious process even without systemic symptoms. Granulomatous reaction in the tissue is often associated with tuberculosis, but his purified protein derivative test was negative. The histology result of a filamentous microorganism might suggest a yeast, but the presence of the sulfur granules is highly suggestive of a diagnosis of cervicofacial uh, actinomycosis. Male patients are more at risk for developing cervicofacial actinomycosis. It forms a non-painful, hard abscess most commonly on the face, often forming large sinus tracts that drain pus and yellow granules. It often relapses. It is the most common presentation of this rare infection, and it is most associated with actinomyces israelii. Choice A, actinomyces israelii, is the species most associated with cervicofacial actinomycosis, but it is such a rare condition that we have a substantial lack of epidemiology to really verify this. Nocardia species in choice B is also a filamentous branching organism, but it does not typically form abscesses on the face and it is not associated with sulfur granules. Choice C, Mycobacterium tuberculosis is highly associated with the formation of granulomas and can be found anywhere in the body. However, this patient had a negative PPD test, which is highly suggestive that this is not a tuberculosis infection. Choice D, Canada species, might cause the formation of an abscess found under the skin, but it would not be associated with sulfur granules. Therefore, the correct answer is A, Actinomyces israelii. You can find our study calendar, a guide on how to study microbiology specifically for the boards, our contact email address, and references used to make this episode at thebradleylab.wordpress.com. If you found an error or would like to discuss any of this information, please leave us a voice message in the show notes. If you appreciated this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend. This podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, and it would be a big help for us if you could submit a review. This podcast was written and edited by me, Jillian Bradley. See you tomorrow.